You're listening to Recovery Podcast, a production of Volunteers of America. My name's Nick, and I want to thank you for joining us this week for episode 53. At Volunteers of America, we are a ministry of service, seeing broken people physically, emotionally, and spiritually healed and thriving in their lives. Our team brings you recovery podcasts twice a month with stories, interviews, and insights for all those seeking to live their best life. It's our goal to inform, engage, and inspire all who listen. Subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use to get it delivered twice each month. If you like what you hear, please, please subscribe and leave us a review. It helps so much. And now for this week's episode. back for part two. If you missed part one, go back and take a listen to our previous episode to get caught up before continuing with this one. Do you think there's, you know, we talked about some, a little bit more specific tools maybe for the individual in, in grief um, within their own recovery, but what about those that are watching this process? Any any tools or thoughts that you would recommend for somebody yeah. that's standing on side or trying to walk alongside it with somebody? Well, I think number one, what we're saying is honor your own grief. The other, so I, in an ideal world, the person who is in the recovery would be able to make amends or would be able to process the fact that their behaviors have hurt you, they might not be able to do that in a real world. And so just know that your grief is valid and there are ways that you can honor it, even if the person you love can't Mm. honor it yet. And that's hard. That takes some understanding and and, uh, patience even, I think. It does. And you may have to set your own boundaries and you may need to kind of hold some of that grief to yourself, process it with a safe person. Um, pacing yourself. It may not be the right time to kind of um, let that other person know how much they've hurt you. Um, And also you want to wait for that time when it might be okay to say, hey, I need you to know I'm hurting about this. I'm not angry with you. I'm not shaming you. I'm also hurting a little bit. These behaviors hurt me. And that it's okay to be honest. You can be honest with someone about that without shaming them. Mm, Right? Yeah. Well, we've had quite a few discussions in the podcast about boundaries. Um, you mentioned that again. Yeah. I, I just think remembering how important that is. If if somebody, um, and I've had this conversation with with mothers, with spouses, with children for yeah. their, you know, alcoholic parents, um, whatever it might be, uh, without those good boundaries, yes. it's really hard for you to walk through that relationship in a healthy way. So making sure that you're learning about boundaries somewhere, right? Yes. And and I think there's classes, there's all kinds of different yeah. ways for you to become more knowledgeable about that. But man, that is such a huge key. And the bottom line to remember is that when you're setting a boundary with somebody, you're not changing their behavior. You're changing your own. You're saying, because I'm hurting, I have to take care of myself. 
It's a proactive yes that you're saying to yourself. It's not that you're trying to hurt somebody else. And and so you need to honor your grief. You need to honor your grief. And that is part of honoring the boundaries of your own emotions and your own well-being. Yeah, that's so powerful. I appreciate that. Well, finally, and this is extremely hard because, again, I think we've seen people turn from being compassionate into being really indifferent mm-hmm. and and those that have hope into cynics when we talk about grief over the loss of someone who has actually died in their addiction right who, who've actually not been able to overcome it and you just see this gradual decline and what a painful thing we don't want to take away from any of the the grief that's happened there or or limit the opportunities for grief um it's 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 just a hard you know addiction overdoses topped the US charts in in this last year going over 110,000 mm-hmm. so they're leading they're leading and and that's not including all the other fatal accidents due to addictive lifestyle choices um it's it's monumental. It's yeah. it's a bigger issue than we can imagine. So there's a lot to grieve about. You shared, and, and I thought this was great, so I want to bring this up and have you speak to this a little bit, but you shared about gently allowing pain in to give room for the healing process. Why do you think that's important? What would you want to share about that? Yeah, what what you're saying is so important. Nick, that cynicism, that hardened heart kind of gets back to the I'm immune to grief, mm. right? That's a protective mechanism. It's because it hurts too much. I, I like to say I, I actually heard this from Mark Robertson, uh, who is, is mm. a friend of the VOA yeah. and was one of my first counseling mentors. He said, the bolder the armor, the tenderer the heart. And so probably the more cynical we get, the harder we get. Actually, my guess is the tenderer the heart, Mm. right? And so you've got, you know, when I hear that, I say, you've got to let a little bit of that tenderness in. What are you afraid of in feeling the hurt of that loss? That the hurt of that, that's so painful to watch somebody literally lose their life in this addiction. What is that? What's frightening about that? What are you afraid of in acknowledging the pain of that? That's the road to healing. That's the road to healing is not losing the tenderness of of that very human feeling. And so you've got to set up guardrails. There might be a a big bucket of pain in there and it it feels overwhelming. And so again, we try to put a hard cement wall over it. You know, we're like, I'm not going to. So, you know. Take a little bit of time to just, what if, you know, sometimes just what if, what if there is, what if it actually does matter and it does hurt? And it is, it is, there is some grief under there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are important things. I've had a lot of dialogue with people who, um, they, they just don't understand even how to begin, I think the, the process. Right. And again, I would, I would always recommend, um, especially if you've been stuck in some type of rut for, you know, an an overextended period of time. And I think you're going to know if it's overextended because you start making choices that are no longer healthy. You start avoiding things, right. That, That you need to be doing for your own health, but you feel like, somehow you're you're still paying homage to this loss you're going to have to find some help you're going to have to step into something and ask somebody man i can't get through this on my own mm-hmm. i'm going to need some help here in making some choices and that's that's okay mm-hmm. um timing on that what how do you walk through that with people when yeah. when it's a timing issue yeah i i mean i 
I, I think we all need those um, life, those seasons. We need that sometimes in our, there's two extremes in our culture. We rush people too quickly to, you know, move on, move forward, get past it. That's not helpful. And then sometimes we don't, time doesn't always heal. It's what we do with the time yeah. when we're grieving, right? Are we actually grieving, which is we're tending to the pain, we're nourishing ourselves, we're bringing in good sustenance. If you think about a plant, you know, that's going through a dry season, it needs more care, it needs more water, it needs more nourishment to come back to vibrance. Mm. And that's what we need to be doing. And so it's neither extreme, it's neither, you know, just trying to push ourselves through it, but nor is it this other extreme of kind of just almost wallowing in it or almost just, you know, kind of just letting the grief in and of itself or the sadness or the bitterness or whatever in and of itself become its own form of an idol in a way, right? That can also happen. I see both. And so again, it's this middle ground of nourishing yourself through the grief of taking hand, holding hands with the sadness on one side, but with hope on the other. And what are those activities? Both things are there side by side, honoring what's hard, honoring the pain right here, and honoring what are the good things in my life? What are the things that are beautiful? What are the things I'm grateful for? And honoring those two things side by side. So some examples are to notice what does bring your heart just a little moment of relief. Is it music? You know, is it movement? Is it creative project? Is it fishing? Is it being outside? Is it nature? Is it gardening? That those are your guideposts. You need those. Those are the things to mm. grab onto. Is it a specific person? Is it being with your kids? Right. When when you're dealing with grief, it is so important to create the time and the space to both honor what's legitimately hard, the things that you've lost, while simultaneously nourishing yourself and being intentional about bringing in those nourishing activities, those mm. things that are good for you, those things that bring you relief. It's it's the both. And of that. So as you honor the grief with time and with intention, it will start to soften. It'll become, it won't necessarily go away, but it'll become this beautiful aspect of who you are. Um, it helps you remember, oh, I'm hurting. I need to care for myself. What are those things I love to do? We talked about being proactive. What are those five things? You said fishing. For me, nature is a huge one. But what are those things that I do for myself when I feel this way? You slow down. You get a little bit easier on yourself. You get more compassionate with yourself. You start mm. to nurture yourself, yeah. right? And, and that's that's really hard, I think. T talking about our area where we live here, right? It's really hard for people to do that because it, it, there's such a driven, independent spirit that people have. And yes. we see this all the time. going to just pull up my bootstraps and keep going, right? And yet we have to know that in this process of grief, we have to love ourselves. Yes. <laughs> we have to give ourselves a little mercy and understand that that's an, an okay thing. And and what does that look like for It us? actually slows us down. It's funny as you're saying that, because often when we're trying to get rid of it, we're going into that adrenalized fight flight mode of like, I'll just go run six miles or I'll go pump iron at the gym or whatever. Those are not bad things. But honestly, when we're grieving, we're we're pivoting to a, a more of a nurturing presence. And if you think about, again, I always think about a, a young child who's hurting what do you do? You hold them in your arms. And you might even share, you might say, Hey, what can we do? You want to go get ice cream together? Do you want to go, go listen to some music together? Do you want to go take a hike together? I'm going to be with you 
as you're feeling this way. That's what we learn to do with ourselves through these activities that we brought in as replacements for the numbing. Yeah. I, I love cooking. Yeah, I love that. And and cooking is such a therapeutic thing, yes. right? Because not only are you going through the process yeah. of preparing all your things and cooking, and you can have some time, especially if you do it with, with another, like I love to do it with my wife. Yeah. We, we cook together, and it's just this enjoyable conversation. And then you get to sit down and eat the meal together exactly. too. So it's this whole yes. process of uh, just grace. I, I kind of I, I call it kind of minding your mind time. Those things that we do where you're kind of focused on something, but you're able to kind of notice what am I what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What is hard right now? And you're doing something that's sort of enjoyable. While you're noticing, um, I think animals are a big one for people being with animals, dogs, pets, horses, you know, if you have a chance, anything like just, just that really grounds you in, in beauty and in goodness while you also are present to the things that are hard. Recovery podcast is focusing our episodes in November on the topic of grief. This theme runs through addiction and recovery in multiple ways from the loss of loved ones in their active addiction to walking away when boundaries weren't respected and even those of us grieving the loss of our old life in addiction as we walk in the newness of recovery. Dr. Allison Cook, author of Boundaries for the Soul and her new book, The Best of You, will be our guest as we share stories and discuss insights to help us all grow and heal with the Lord's guidance. And don't forget to like and share this with your friends. You never know who needs to hear hope today. Yeah, I think sometimes too, people, I've had this discussion, they can get angry at God. Yeah. And so this time where we really need to be drawing closer to God becomes, well, I'm I'm mad. I'm mad at God because I feel like the loss could have been avoided. He should have done something. Right? He should have done something. If he only he would have stepped in. And that's the same conversation that he had with folks in scripture, right? Uh, the death of Lazarus, you yeah. know, if you just would have been here a little earlier, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so he knows, he understands that yeah. pain and, and wants us to draw close to him, but it's not a forced, it's That's not right. a forced thing. It's That's a right. graceful That's right. wooing. That's right. Yeah. And, and again, I think anger can go hand in hand with grief. Often when we don't want to deal with the grief, we put anger on as the armor. And so to just let God know that too, you don't have to get yourself unangry to talk to God. And so just to say to God, God, I don't really want to talk to you right now. I'm kind of mad. And so right there in relationship, right there, you're having a conversation. And again, you think about that parenting example, if your kid were to come to you and say, I'm kind of mad at you, you know, you'd be like, well, tell me about that. Tell me about that. What's going on? You know, that's how God is with us. There's no shame in that. You know, tell me about it. I get it. It's hard. You know, God doesn't force us to pretend like we don't feel what we don't feel, but we Mm. could just, we just talk to him about it, you know, and, and then maybe you keep coming back. I'm still a little mad, God, but I'm coming back. You know, that's the goal. Yeah. One of the one of the relationships that we talk about often is the it's not the therapist, not the counselor, not the friend, but the coach. Mm-hmm. And the difference with the coach is that they're there just to ask some good questions yeah. that lead you to your own answers, the own your own aha moments, yeah. right? And I think that's why we we have faith coaches involved in our uh, Christian enhancement yeah. program here at BOA, but we we love to use that as a way for 
uh, are people walking through that recovery journey just to begin to answer their own questions, right? Yeah, and yeah. they're just not asking the right question, yeah, yeah. maybe to themselves, yeah. or or they're expecting God to just do something. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's this process of, well, maybe I need to reframe what I'm thinking here. Exactly. And that's a powerful thing. So having a coach, um, having somebody to, yes. to help you walk through ask that. Ask the questions. Ask the good questions. Exactly. Someone... Anyone who's just there with you, again, because that's what we need when we're hurting, is to not feel like we're alone, that someone is coming alongside of us in a non-shaming way, just asking those questions, getting curious about it. We all need those people, and we have to be proactive about it. As you're saying, we've got to kind of know, I always say, schedule it, you know, know who those people are, who are those three to five people that when you need someone, they're there. That's often how God shows up to us, is through another human soul. That's right. That's right. Well, and I think one of the beautiful things, too is uh, we have a couple people in our ministry that have done this. They went through a grieving process themselves, and part of their healing at the end of it, not right away, not when it was really fresh and raw, but as they moved through the process, they began to see how to serve others, be compassionate towards others. And a couple of them, uh, these gals, they actually learned how to do this. There's this great program called Grief Share, but there's a lot of other Mm -hmm. programs out there just just being available to people, right? And and sitting them down and having that dialogue. But they learned these programs, and so they meet with other people who are dealing with grief. And they they have empathy because they've experienced that loss, but now they have some language and some ability to step in, and, and they're serving. And then you get something from that too, right? Because then you feel like there's purpose out of that. I just read an incredible book. Uh, it's called Peace Like a River, I think, about a country – he's a country singer who – pretty famous guy who lost his son. Mm. It's a book about grief. And he talks about how he wanted to find purpose. And when people started telling him about their loss – Yes, he was helpful to them, but it was also helpful to him, right? And and you don't want to do it too soon. You're exactly right. Yeah. But but there is a way in which as we heal and as we walk with our own grief and we show compassion towards ourselves and we honor it, we will be a blessing to others. And that's also powerful. It's just a powerful way of being part of this body of Christ that we're all a part of, we get to contribute. And that feels really good. Yeah, it does. It does. I uh, love the idea of being the body and uh, he's the head. And so we can trust him yeah. with the forward motion, but uh, man, there's a lot of parts that we can play yeah. for sure. Um, as we wrap up our time here, any, any final thoughts about grief, anything that we haven't covered that comes to mind that you want to make sure we share with those folks who are listening? Just that you would know that the grieving part of you is beautiful, beautiful to God. It's a beautiful part of you um, that I hope you will take some time today, even as you're listening right now, and and just honor it and and just maybe think about a place in your life, something you could do, an activity, almost like take yourself on a on a a little grief date, you know, a little a little opportunity mm. to just a place that you love that's nourishing to you. Where is that place? Who is that person? And just do it. Take a step and uh and just let someone know or at the very least let God know. Yeah, there is a part of me that's hurting that that's that's sad, that's that's grieving and 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 uh and just just take a step toward toward honoring that part of you right now. I wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening. The more you like, follow, and share these episodes, the more individuals we reach, and potentially the many more who choose to walk out their own recovery journey. 
You know, grief is a difficult topic for many. It reminds us of loss and dark moments in life. For me, I, I think about this idea of finality. Walking out my own addictive behaviors through recovery, I've had to wrestle with giving up certain habits for the final time. It's like closing a door to the past that I know can't be opened again if I want to live my best life. I lost both my parents before I was 40. It was a very difficult time. I often pondered the finite nature of my humanity. Well, it's been over 12 years, and I still grieve losses that come from their absence in my family's life. There have been many, many more moments of grief, loss, and trauma. All of us have experienced this as we move through life. Yet, here's the beautiful part. God has used the recovery process to sustain my every need. I get to rely on Him when the grief becomes unbearable. 1 Peter 5.7 tells us that we can give all of our worries and cares to God, for He cares about us. I go to Him in prayer and meditation, and He has always been faithful. Even though we all sense that finite part of our humanity, God reminds us that He is eternal. And because we get to be part of His adopted family through Christ's death and resurrection, we too will live in eternity with Him. Many times it feels all too easy to slip away into isolation, trying to soak up grief like a sponge. And there, every time, God has shown me that I'm not meant to walk this recovery journey alone. Solitude is a good thing in right doses, yet we are all created to do life together. We need each other for encouragement and accountability. That's why we've taken the month of November to highlight the reality of grief in our recovery walk together. Whether you've lost someone close to you or you're in the midst of turmoil and separation from family and friends that's just so common in the toxic world of addiction, you need to know that you're allowed to grieve, that you need others to be around you in that process. If you're listening to this podcast and recognize your need for help, I want to offer a few suggestions as we close. First, reach out to someone that you know who will listen. Maybe they won't have all the answers, and that's okay. They can encourage you and allow you to have a voice. Secondly, if you're using addictive chemicals or toxic patterns to cope with your grief, please, please reach out for help. You can go to our website at www. .voanr.org to see all kinds of options for support. Or you can call 1-866-GET-TO-VOA to talk to someone about options. If you want to ask for prayer or you have questions about this recovery podcast, would you send us an email at ministry at voanr.org. Again, that's ministry at voanr.org. Finally, if your grief has led to thoughts of suicide, I'm going to ask that you immediately reach out for help. You can simply dial 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, where there's caring professionals waiting and available 24 hours every day. We are so honored to continue to offer Recovery Podcast, and I pray that this has been an encouragement to each of you. Thanks again for your time and your wisdom. Um, what a what a unique opportunity! It's it's a challenging topic, yeah. but a very thoughtful topic, and so I appreciate it. And I thank you, all of our listeners who uh, have stuck with us uh, once again. 
I pray that this episode um, gives you some inspiration, some courage, some understanding around grief, and that if you're dealing with it, um, boy, I hope you reach out to someone and and talk about it and, and share your grief experience, because not only is it healthy for you, it might be healthy for someone else as well. So God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon. Recovery Podcast is brought to you by Volunteers of America. If you heard something that strikes a chord, shoot us an email at recoverypodcast at voanr.org. Today's music is courtesy of Free Music Archive. This week you heard tunes by Ketza, who also composed our theme music. Links to the artists can be found at our website. Thanks for listening, rating, and most importantly, for sharing this podcast with your friends and family.